Hey guys, today you get to sit down at the table with my husband, Tom and I, as we just kind of stream of consciousness through what we view as some of the most pressing threats that are just absolutely not really making the mainstream conversation, things that are not being reported on as heavily. You know, we, we kind of go over inflation and hyperinflation, the collapse of the dollar, the threat of China, the deep state, some of these terms. And we just walk it out. We just chat it through and uh, talk about what we can do, what we should know, and how to kind of prepare ourselves mentally for what could very well be right around the corner. Let's check it out. This is the Gaining My Perspective podcast, and you're hanging here with me, Wendy Cunningham. You're here to get empowered, inspired, informed, and encouraged as we navigate the everyday journey of this crazy life. Stick around because we're going to laugh and we're going to learn. And above all else, we're going to gain perspective. So what are the top things in your mind that are massive threats right this moment? (laughs) Massive Massive threats right this moment to our lives, America, that are not being talked about enough or not being taken seriously enough or most people you would say are probably not prepping or prepared mentally or otherwise for said things. What do you think? What's the number one thing that comes to your mind? I, I would have to say the number one thing is the corruption and uh, power of the elite in the world, in this country, uh, the political class, the, um, so that's like the underlying cause of it, but what is the number one issue? Like, for example, in my mind, there's like a handful of things, inflation. Yes. To your point, it's all being caused by, or artificially created. It's man. These are man-made crises in a lot of instances, but that's kind of secondary. We'll get there. Are you with me? What is the, like, what is one of the, or the number one thing that you're trying to, in your head or in our family, prepare us for right now in the next six months that you think could be devastating that we're really not talking about largely? I don't do one item lists. Okay. To give me okay. three items. What are the things in coming no to your In no particular mind? order, the end of the dollar with okay. a timeline of one to five years, but the consequences of that are so far-reaching and, and catastrophic that five years of preparation is not... Not sufficient. Yeah, that's totally so, fine if it's five years out. It's still such a big re- uh, threat. So we've talked about that before. We've done yeah. a hyperinflation inflation podcast. Make sure you check that out. But just to kind of nutshell that one, because I would yeah. say inflation for me which leads to the collapse of the dollar or hyperinflation. Right now we're experiencing inflation. And ironically, when we first did that podcast was several months ago, we were just starting to pick up the pace of inflation. And at the time it was, you know, we're being heralded as uh, it's all transitory. Don't worry about it, blah, blah, blah. And now at the end of the year, we're recognizing and they're admitting it's not really transitory or as transitory as we thought. It might be here for a while. We're at what what percent didn't we just had numbers come out at what six or or 
8%, but that wasn't the actual measure of inflation. That was like the consumer price index. Well, that kind of leads me to the next one is the... We'll finish on that. Don't lead to the next one yet. Okay, well, is the folks who are looking at this with a more objective lens are measuring inflation over 10%. It's somewhere, it's not so much they disagree, but different people looking at it different ways are seeing in between 10, 14, 15%. Um, are saying that's what we're experiencing currently. Right. And anything over 10% would be hyperinflation or in the risk of going off the hyperinflation cliff. Um, you're, it's definitely... Risky business. It's only been over that in America maybe once or twice in most people's lifetime, really. Been over 10%? Yeah. And what it, when we say 10%, that is 10% from this moment versus last year? Well, it is a, a measurement. Every All of these numbers, it's important to understand what the time frame that's being measured, you know, because if you're saying, well, it, inflation over the last 100 years is X, if it's all averaged out, and that's what the Fed says a lot, you know, that, well, that's why they said it was transitory. Because they're using larger numbers to When they measure it, it over a decade, they think the average inflation will still be 3%. But right. they're blowing smoke because they're saying, well, it might be 6% now, but we'll lower it later and it'll all work out. And they don't even mean that. They're just saying words to placate people and placate the markets. But right now it would be an annualized number that if things stay the way they are, going and we've where lost been. approximately that percent of buying power for this time versus this time last year yeah that's one way to put it the loss of purchasing power um so we're experiencing the increase that increase in cost it's all kind of the same we're seeing that i know if you are on a more fixed income or if you budget really closely you're probably recognizing and seeing very clearly where that loss is but the the issue for me the the thing that i'm really trying to harp on a little bit is I think people are very relaxed about the way they're looking at it. I mean, a lot of people and myself included, what, what role do we have? How can we fix it? What, you know, like, is there any point in worrying about it if we can't do anything about it? Obviously we also did our prepping podcast in terms of getting a little bit more versatility in your, your preps in terms of buying like silver and gold and you know, whatever food preps, you know, just having more on hand and, and hyper or inflation leads to hyperinflation, which can, can be, lead to hyperinflation, um, which could lead to or will lead to the collapse of the dollar. Well, and I have to interject the collapse of the dollars engineered and intended to happen. And, and that's a if depending on the lens you look through, things will look differently. So over the years, I have come to look through the lens way before COVID. I mean, those who follow Ron Paul, who's a former congressman. Presidential candidate. Presidential <laughs> candidate that was very, a very outspoken monetary policy. It's Rand um, Paul's dad. Rand Paul's father. Yeah, great man, great American, um, a medical doctor, gone congressman, the best kind of politician, one who doesn't start out as one and one who doesn't end as one. But he, you know, opened a lot of people's eyes, myself included, to historical evidence of what happens to a fiat currency. And remember, the people that make these decisions know this stuff better than any of us. 
fiat currency is a currency that is not backed by anything real, nothing tangible. Um, all currency, well, currency used to be a long time ago, gold and silver, inherent value. Then it became paper notes because paper notes are easier to handle than weighty gold and silver. But those paper notes were literal notes that you could turn in for physical precious metals at a bank. So it was just a, a mere like stand-in like to make it easier. But then through a, the course of history over a few decades, in this country at least, our currency became no longer backed by anything. And when it, it, it happened in stages, I won't go into like the whole entire history of it, but by the early 70s is when it completely detached from any backing in gold. And from then on, if you look up a chart, the nation's debt spending, we printed money from that moment forward astronomically. And that's a fiat currency at that point. They never, ever last. They end in oblivion. And from that day forward, I believe that the the people um, in power that was not that long ago, was less almost exactly 50 years ago, those who are in charge of these things, who have who have influence over these things, knew that there would come a day that they would have to transition out of this fiat currency into something else. And uh, what a lot of people believe is that that will be a crypto blockchain currency. And in 1993 or 1996, the NSA, the National Security Agency, put out a white paper. A white paper is basically just a like essay on how something works or could work theoretically on crypto. And then in 2008, 2009, on the scene comes uh, Bitcoin created by uh, the mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto, who no one has ever been able to find, track down, identify if they even exist. Um, and just helping you kind of put the pieces together, the crypto and Bitcoin and blockchain came out of uh, the government, just like the internet. has. We all understand now the internet has roots in the defense industry, you know, and then of course had applications outside of it. And uh, here we are today. There's all sorts of beautiful things and amazing things and crazy things and bad things that come with the internet. But it was a research project for the government in the in the initial stages. Um, so was cryptocurrency and blockchain. Um, so the Federal Reserve, as well as all global central banks, have stated that they will be bringing on a digital currency. A lot of ours in particular has been referred to as the Fed coin, which will be a digital dollar, but not an American dollar as it stands necessarily, possibly an entirely new currency. Well, you have to get rid of the old one to bring in the new one. And we just so happen to be at the pretty obvious end of the life of the fiat dollar. American dollar. And how does that play in with like these multi-trillion dollar bills that are one just passed and <clears throat> are being proposed in Congress? How does that play into this larger picture? Well, you can spend and spend and spend and 
deteriorate the value of the currency until you can't or until it hyperinflates. It potentially hyperinflates. And we have another thing. It's really hard. This is not a simple subject. So it's hard for me to not, you know, open the doors that need to be open. But we are the reserve currency of the world right now. And that gives us a substantial. Uh, we the dollar, America. We the dollar. It's an indescribable advantage over all other currencies. And there are a lot of, pretty much everybody would rather it be different. Everyone, everyone would love to be able to do what we do because people have to buy oil in dollars. People, there's all sorts Essentially, of, it gives our fiat currency a backing. We're backed in oil in we're, a sense. And, yeah, and it's, it's an incredible advantage and allows us to um, print debt in our own currency. And if you print debt in your own currency, well, A, somebody has to buy those bonds, those treasury bonds. Um, it's just like a bank bond or something. Buy your debt. Um, you're buying the debt saying, well, I'll, like if you, nobody in our, anyone listening to this probably has ever bought a bond but that was very popular mm -hmm. um, in like our parents or grandparents' age where you go to the bank, you buy a $100 bond, and they say, we'll pay you 5% interest so in, you can come back in two years and you'll have $105. And it's a very, very safe way to make money. And that's essentially what the United States government does when they print money, they're issuing debt and somebody buys it on the promise of the strongest economy in the world being almost the Making safest the bet ever mm -hmm. that you're going to hold. We'll buy the debt and then we get a percentage paid on top of that back. It's like guaranteed. And who has bought our debt for years and years and well, years? Well, everyone on the earth has bought our debt. Who's um, the largest holder? Um, that's a good question. Well, actually, I know the answer to that. Uh, the Federal Reserve is now the, we have bought our own debt. That's no, excellent. no, it, it, it makes no sense. But before we go off on that tangent, but China used to buy a huge amount. I think they had like 17, 20% of our debt at one point, but they have stopped, completely stopped. Right. Um, other other countries have at different times, the European Union, all that. But But basically, we're buying all of our own debt, but that's a whole nother rabbit hole. So we are continuing to prop ourselves up in every way possible that is artificial and not real. Absolutely. And it can only go on so long before... So the reserve currency says, if we become weak or... It, it, we're abusing our power, if that's fair to say. We're, we're abusing our power in the eyes of the world in that we're running up debt like crazy and devaluing the dollars that are out there. There is essentially less incentive to hold dollars because dollars are losing value the longer you hold them. If you are, that's what inflation does. If you're, if you have $100,000 in the bank and we have 6% inflation, you lost $6,000 worth of purchasing power if you just leave that money in the bank, not earning interest. Nobody's earning interest in the bank anymore because they don't pay interest. But you, if we are abusing the reserve currency status, and if we trip up and have a crash collapse of any kind- Of our economy. Of our economy. It, we are at the point 
where we could very well lose the reserve status. And there has been a coordinated effort between China and Russia and Iran and Syria and a number of other people that have been working for since 9-11 to so over 20 years to war and they've been doing a very good job of it to offer alternative solutions to a single currency reserve currency status and they've been going around making sales pitches to the world economies saying what if we did a basket of currencies where everybody had a little bit of this reserve currency status not just one big bully is how they would put it and that's falls on ears everywhere they go in a pretty appealing way especially as they watch the United States just skyrocket in crazy spending. So what makes the reason why this is such a concern for me and something that really is I think wildly under talked about it depends on where you're listening because I'm listening to it being talked about, but it's obviously not on the mainstream and most people are dependent on the mainstream channels, both you know, on TV or written news to tell them what's going on. They're not telling them because that's part of the plan. So that's what's so concerning to me is, is this is at such a fever pitch, it seems, what makes this moment with our currency different than a previous moment of inflation that, you know, like, you know, for someone who's just, I've seen this before when I was younger, or, you know, my mom talks about this or whatever, you know, there's been, like you said, there's been kind of seasons of higher inflation and interest rates being high and what, what have you, what makes this moment different than any other moment? That's a good question. And you know, in all honesty, I don't know that I can answer that because I'm a very, like, I've paid attention for a long time and I am like a comparative experiential, you know, look back on my experience in life and different things and, and hold it up against those, those experiences. And I didn't, I wasn't in a, a aware enough, old enough kid. I wasn't alive in the late seventies when inflation, early eighties, when inflation was, uh, an issue the last time. However, we know they changed, they raised interest rates to compensate. The policy was different. So much was different because everything has changed with the pandemic. It feels like, Um, maybe the last time there was bad inflation, the, the, the way that inflation is generally dealt with held in check and, and with a fiat currency, I won't get into this, but basically a little bit of inflation with the fiat currency is generally considered a good thing, but you want it controlled. You want it precisely what you expect, expect it, to it to be. Now, that would be like 2 to 3% according to historical statements by the Federal Reserve. But when it starts to get to rise and... The, the action to bring it into check is raising interest rates. And the problem with raising interest rates, the Federal Reserve is in a trap right now, their own trap that they set for themselves. Now, I believe it to be intentional and in that the end result is the end of the dollar and they know it. However, 
throw that out for a second. If they raise interest rates, that is the interest they have to pay on the debt they are dollars they are printing, they are borrowing. And right now we are, I forget the numbers, they are in the, they're fresh in my mind for that last podcast, but Mm -hmm. we are over, way over the critical threshold of essentially your debt to income ratio. So historically, every other country who's ever gone to the, the numbers or we're beyond those numbers. We're way beyond the no, other numbers, the other debt countries. Debt to income. And it's not debt to, it, well, yeah, it's essentially in a, in interest a, to debt, you okay. know. But. Has gone, the dollar has collapsed or their currency has collapsed. And we've seen that a number of times throughout history. So we're, we're finally, never before have we, America, been at that critical mass comparison no, no, number. not even close we're and we're way 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 beyond we also our debt is so far inflated beyond even what it was so and a lot of people you might hear the argument that you know we can never go broke because and and they actually spoke about it it was a news story for a minute of we can just print i don't know if anyone heard we can just print a million dollar coin do you remember this this was in the news recently no but or i'm sorry a million a trillion dollar they were going to mint a trillion dollar coin to pay for uh one of Our the debt. well one of the things well we have like 30 something trillion yeah. now or whatever but they because we are borrowing the money in our own currency and we also have the ability to print our own currency. We can inflate our way out of our own debt. We can inflate our way out of our own debt. What is this called? Monetary, modern monetary theory or something? Well, I've heard it called different things. Or, but It's a yeah. complete theory and it's completely new and it's completely what's happening in our Congress. And, and if you look, it's only as new as when we became a fiat currency. So these theories that get plugged into the, you know, economic intellectual elite of our, you know, Harvards and whatever, they also happen to appear as theories, mind you, around the same time that we become completely fiat, which we know results in one thing. So you come up with this theory that essentially rationalizes this behavior that that leads you to the cliff. I hope I'm making any yeah. sort of sense here, but... So the things that, again, just to be a little bit more solution-oriented, I, we think about this, we talk about this, the really only the things you can do is to even just mentally prepare of what would you need to do if the dollar no longer had value, right? Things like barter, be prepared in ways to provide for yourself, both with food um, and barter money, sources, whatnot. I mean, really, that's all you can do. That's the only thing you can do. And I think mentally preparing goes a long way. And and so many of these conversations I have with people, it's, yeah, I know, but, and then that's it. There's well, just no contemplation over what would I do. That's the main, I think, it, I mean, yes, the, there are the tangible things you do, but contemplating them is actually a lot. really, really good. Um and I've personally found some of my, like, the things that I, more than the preparations that I think prepare you is the knowledge and, like, researching what life is like in, in, in countries that have gone through this and how people adapted. We are very, very adaptable creatures, but uh, there's definitely, you know, if you can be the better adapter, 
that helps. Mm-hmm. If you are the first one to adapt, that helps. All those kinds of things matter immensely. So researching, like learning. Capitalism exists naturally. That's been my <laughs> the early adapter. That's been my monetary <laughs> theory for a long time. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate this podcast and tell all your friends. And of course, catch me over at gainingmyperspective.com. Heavenly Father God, we just continue to come to you knowing that you have the answers. We don't. You know it all. We don't. You see it all. We don't. And your plans are all for our good. And we trust in that, Lord. That's all that we can do. Um, Please give us the confidence to continue to lean in, to continue to be brave, to continue to have ears to hear. Lord, we just pray that we are truly discerning your voice through all the chaos, through all the noise, Lord. Let it be so clear for us. In your son's name we pray. Amen.